You're listening to The A-Game, an adcom podcast chronicling the week in media, technology, and agency life, featuring Joel Hammond, Jim Ganser, and Jeff Culleton. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode three. We've made it three episodes. The A-Game podcast. We're back with you. Anybody that hasn't been with us before... This is a weekly podcast covering the stories, topics, and trends that matter most to marketers, told through the lens of the agency life. Uh, we, we tend to explore things from the perspective of social influence, media, technology, marketing automation, but more than anything, business. Uh, gentlemen, it has been a week. Uh, I am Jim Ganser, uh, with you as always, uh, here beside me as they are every week. Jeff Culleton. Faithful sidekick. And uh, one Mr. Uh, Mr. Glycerine himself. <laughs> Gavin Rossdale. <laughs> G- Gavin Rossdale. Former yeah. Bush frontman Gavin Rossdale has joined us this week. Or Joel Hammond. Joel, Joel Hammond. Hammond. Yes, here I am. So, I'm here. Yeah, inside joke. Um, so I, Hopefully nobody got too excited thinking that we had a, a guest spot by uh, Gavin Rossdale. Give it some time. I think it's only a matter of time. I'm... I'm I'm saying over under is going to be episode 21. We'll get Gavin Rossdale in the studio. Yes, like so that. my wife's celebrity crush actually from when she was uh, a younger. younger I'm lady. pretty yes. sure that she wouldn't agree with you saying that out loud. Oh, she's fine. No, oh, she's, okay. she's you good. know she could do worse. She yeah, absolutely, could, she could absolutely do worse. He also voice. came up with the the mega hit Glizzard. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So uh, we, we kind of kicked around a couple different topics, uh, topic ideas for the week. There's been a lot going on over the past week. Uh, we saw that Google has thrown their hat into the healthcare business. Uh, we, we kicked that around a little bit. Um, there's also been a lot of talk about IBM Watson, AI, and is it actually working for healthcare specifically? But um, one of the stories that kind of popped up the past week got into an area that's kind of our sweet spot in terms of the types of things that we're looking at on a daily basis within the agency, and that's data and data protection. Uh, And then the side wrinkle to this is actually the monetization of data from a consumer perspective. Uh, Just quick backdrop, um, 2017 was a pivotal year with regard to uh, the topic of data protection there was a situation in which 45% increase in data breaches from 2016. You saw things like Equifax, you saw things like Cambridge Analytica. We got to a point where Mark Zuckerberg was actually called to the carpet on Capitol Hill, um, which set off a firestorm of hilarious memes. An all-time performance. An all-time performance. Oh my God. (laughs) Material for days. Yes. Um, Years. (laughs) Speaking of artificial intelligence, I'm pretty (laughs) sure he's a robot. Um, but there's a cold knock him. <laughs> ooh, there we ooh, go. Ooh, yes, yes. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. But um, I also don't forget what it, it gave us an unprecedented amount of data privacy that's been spurred on in the European Union through GDPR. Exactly. Which has caused uh, organizations that not only reside in the European Union, I believe it's 28 nations, but anybody who functionally does business in the European Union to have what is now an unprecedented level of audit trailing mm-hmm. uh, on their not only opt-ins but cookie behavior uh, with with uh, consumers basically worldwide, and something I don't think we would be shocked to see 
proliferate further mm-hmm. and further throughout uh, Europe into other parts of the world. Yeah. Including some, you know, we, we've had clients here that uh, were, were extremely concerned who, you know, did business overseas. So. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's a situation essentially where uh, you've got advertisers in fear of being penalized, and there's big numbers being thrown around with regard to penalties uh, by not using protected data um, so, I mean, you're almost to a point where they're saying, too bad there isn't an advertising solution out there that can give me first-party verified data, to which uh, Freckle IoT Ooh. says, hold my beer. <laughs> uh, as this past week, they actually uh, hit the press, I believe, about a week ago um, from today's date with a new app that is uh, actually going to put consumers in a position to have better control over the data and profit from it. This is one that Joel kind of um, picked up and ran with over the past week. Joel, what what can you tell us about this new app? So Killy is an app that basically allows me to be a more um, educated consumer, right? I all this all this GDPR, all this Cambridge Analytical uh, Analytica drama um, spurred a lot of uh, uh, hashtag hot takes that you know what Facebook's going to go under. Facebook is dying because of this of this scandal, which we all know is absolutely not true and not going to happen. Yeah, you know, we had clients that said, well, you know, is this going to affect our ad capabilities on on Facebook? No, mm-hmm. you're fine, right? You're you're good. No one's deleting Facebook, but. Um, there was concerns about privacy and, and data and, and w- what people are, are, are doing with my data and, and are they watching me. And But it also allows you to monetize yourself, right? This Killy app basically, and I think uh, some of the clients they've had on board already, McDonald's was a big one and, and a few other uh, names that, that you would know, um, basically <clears throat> allows me to I have something that is valuable, whether that is a skill that right, we have. We have skills that are valuable. We're paid for our time here. I also have something that's valuable, and that's my data and my habits and and what I like. Mm-hmm. And so it's allowing consumers to be more empowered and um, a- allowing them to uh, essentially be paid to, like, to me. I'm, I, if I fall in the camp of I don't care really know who knows what like I do online. Like, yeah, you feel I'm cool. like you're, you're yeah. benign. I'm cool. And so you know? nobody's gonna yeah. Right. So fine. Target me better. I don't. That helps me. Like if I was doing nefarious things, it might be a little different. But so now I'm able to get paid for that. It's funny. Killy is in its infant stages, and I, I read a, a funny uh, piece of, of of the media coverage of of the topic that you know these people are being paid like 25 cents right now you know mm-hmm. um, but that's of course because it's again in its in infant stages there needs to be more uh, companies signing up for this and then that will that will grow so it's an interesting thing to watch and again if you're in the camp like me where I don't really care if somebody knows what I'm doing online what I'm shopping for like cool that helps me shop better more easily it, it helps me see what I want more of um, I might make a few extra bucks on it well is that I mean is that a win-win for a brand so if you look at a, a brand subscriber list, the people that they interact with on the most common basis, the fact of the matter is, and we'll just use round numbers, if you have a million subscribers that you used to email, that you used to retarget, that you used to send SMSs to, and you, let's just say 10% of that population is a completely disengaged subscriber who doesn't listen to a message that you say, and so functionally you're spending, you know, 10% of your budget on just deafness. Nobody's listening to it whatsoever. So th- is the incentive to a brand that 
one of the things I always, you know, kind of get hung up on myself is, you know, when you work with a brand and they, they want to see consistent growth in things that might not be a, uh, a, a true indicator of, you know, the, the type of growth that we would like. Like, you know, my email list went from a million to a million five. Yeah, well, that's great. And that's more people to talk to. But how many of those people are engaging with you? Uh, a CEO doesn't want to hear you say, hey, 300,000 of those people are engaging with us. So let's jettison the other seven or 1.2 million, whatever the case is. But fact of the matter is, there's it's it's better for a brand to be spending their money in places where people are hearing it mm -hmm. than just to be hitting the broadest audience possible. So is it beneficial ultimately for a brand to say, our data is not only our responsibility, it is it, the upkeep of it and the upkeep of those subscribers is something we would happily throw money at in order to make sure we're hitting people who are listening to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I guess the question becomes at this point, is this just PR fire uh, or is there actual substance? Is this the beginning of something? Uh, one of the things that I dug into when reading into this, they emphasize the fact that this technology is actually built on the blockchain. Jeff, from the perspective of blockchain, knowing <clears throat> what you know about this, what exactly does that mean and what exactly is the significance of that from the perspective of this app? Well, so think about, um, I think one of the great uh, examples of blockchain that people can relate to in terms of a real world example is medical records. So I've lived in Maryland, I've lived in New York, I've lived in, uh, in Ohio. And say I've gone to a hospital in each one of those places, they have medical records on me uh, that are functionally just sitting there. What a blockchain uh, attempts to do is remove the middleman from transactional processes. So, you know, we often think about it in terms of removing a bank from a financial process where, you know, I transact uh, together and don't get charged. Um, Basically, what it does, though, is it's, it spins the onus back to the owner of the data being the user. And so in the medical records example, the perfect case scenario is I own my medical records. I own the ability to give you access to them. Mm -hmm. So if now the Cleveland Clinic is my hospital of choice, they have to go to me and say, we need access to these to provide you care, whatever whatever the nuance is to it. So this Kili app is is functionally doing the same thing so it's it's spinning the onus back to the owner of the data and putting them in the power position a blockchain uh, by its nature is a decentralized way of verifying transactions this just gives you the ability to make yourself uh, a, a, a you know kind of a valuable entity versus you know, just being spun up in a bunch of, you know, kind of middleman spider webs. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting how it ends up, you know, coming, materializing and coming to market. That's the whole thing with blockchain right now. Like it's not an infant technology. What is infant about it is the use cases in real world applications. You know, we're, we're probably, we're in the, we're, we're in the start of that. We're three to five years away from massively shifting the way inefficient you know, government operations work or medical record transitions or, f for that matter, the way you buy media with an mm -hmm. intermediary. Yeah. So 
it's hard to say exactly how all that's going to materialize into the market, but I think we're, we're kind of in an interesting spot where the decentralization of it, the trust and the transparency are something that a brand looks at and goes, I need trust and transparency to move forward. This is the way to do so. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's interesting. There's a lot of, you know, the, the devil's in the details on this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It also puts you in a position where, uh, from a consumer perspective, Think about, you know, Joel downloads this app specifically. You know, he's getting his 25 cent ration or whatever, right? <laughs> 25 cents, big money. Hot take. Hot, hot, hot <clears throat> takes. Uh, but blockchain also puts him in a position to be able to verify who's buying it. So the clarity that you have on um, from the overall perspective is I could say, hey, uh, Target just cashed in on my data. I can connect the dots on it. It creates complete transparency, so it's a win-win situation from a consumer and advertiser perspective. Can I give you another quick example? So there's a a startup called Convey that you and I have both talked to and and explored the technology a little bit, but the whole premise of their technology is is, uh, a person has different personas. There's work me, there's hockey coach me, um, you know, there's uh, uh, school me for the kids, and not every one of the people that I interact with, you know, as a hockey coach, do I want to have my work email address. So basically what it does is it parses let's call them business cards, it parses your persona into things that you can give out to a brand or to a person to make you kind of in control of what you're receiving and who is seeing what sides of you because you know it's it's you know everybody's has different facets of their life so this is really starting to sprout up in different ways and i think what it's pointing to is kind of the next evolution of the empowered consumer is not just being able to vocalize uh you know in a rating or review or on social media your displeasure or pleasure with something uh, a brand as much as you being able to take it the step further and owning your persona yeah jim maybe this is something that you can weigh in on but i'm interested from a brand's perspective if you know right now you mentioned we we, we'd sort of giggled at me getting 25 cents for somebody accessing my data don't look at it for mcdonald's you know at what point are the returns diminishing you know if i have to pay three dollars you know, a subscriber. Every, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, per person. Like, there's got to be some point where, and that's the thing that I'm, I'll be interested to watch. Like, for a brand, like, where where does it? You got to weigh the, you know, ROI. Of course, you have to, but it's 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 an interesting value proposition. Like, where does the spend outweigh the? Well, and I th- this goes <clears throat> to a quality versus quantity in your engagement uh, conversation of. If you're a gigantic brand like um, McDonald's, who I'm sure has KPIs for their agencies that are growth in number of followers, in number of subscribers, in number of engagement, does that – so the, the McDonald's might not have a choice. Yeah, This might be the market shifting to this is what people want. And this is the only way they'll engage with you. And if that's the case, then what a McDonald's or American Airlines or whomever has to do is get extremely honed in on who those actual people are versus the person who just, you know, followed you one day and has never engaged with you since and becoming much more honed on who those finite number of people are who you actually want to engage with and what you say to them. And at that point, I think it would be much more one-to-one communication than it is, hey, we've got a sale. Mm-hmm. Well, 
from a media perspective and a marketer's perspective, obviously the first thing you want to do is you want to start with the KPIs of your campaign. If we're talking about fast food, you virtually have at any point in time there could be a potential sale on the line. And you're going to be looking at same-day sales. Um, depending on what the cycle is, a lot of companies look year-over-year same-day sales in terms of um, figuring out KPIs. So. They're going to have laser-focused numbers when we're talking about a McDonald's. Uh, but the thing that I was initially hung up with with regard to this is scale opportunity. Right now, we're dealing with a single app providing a monetized solution where you can buy first-party data. There's not a tremendous volume. You need to get to a point where there's enough volume. Yeah. But the more I thought about it, I started thinking about it through the lens of the schools of data that are available. You've got first-party data. Mm your own personal data. I got my sales data. I'm McDonald's. There's second party data. Second, second party data is actually someone else's first party data that you take. Mm -hmm. Now, the benefit with, with data is it's more powerful in the presence of other data. So even though we're in a situation where I might be buying first party from a limited source, this is actually a way to make third party data work for you. Hmm. I'll be the first to tell you Third-party data is not perfect. Um, we've seen it in campaigns. I'm sure everybody that's listening has come into this at some point in time. It's gotten to the point where it's commoditized. But the benefit with regard to third-party data is how you use it. You use it for enrichment. So you can take a small segment, mm -hmm. you can run that with third-party, and you can come away with modeling. Yeah. And that puts you in a position to get more out of your money. So there's the initial money that you're putting in, there's the secondary money um, that's coming in through third party, which comes in as a fraction of the cost for the most part. Um, but essentially, we're in a situation where this is another data set that we could potentially tap into. Um, but you know, this just brings up a subject. You know who uh, would love this conversation. Yeah, I, it, it's the elephant in the room. Uh, Last week we introduced Cold Knox, which is a it's a great idea. It's it a great idea. It was idea. a great idea, and it it kind of happened in the moment. It was organic, but there's an individual at a small um, mom and pop shop down in Cincinnati called Procter and Gamble. You may have heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his name is Mark Pritchard, and <laughs> Mark he, S. Pritchard, and he's got some opinions about uh, data privacy and transparency. He would love this app. He would Absolutely. buy it up. He would be buying it up in a second. There would be Tide coming off the shelves. So, but, quick question. Oh has he answered your cold knock? Surprisingly, he has not. Oh, that's too Surprisingly, bad. Surprisingly, he has not. Bad. But um, I am optimistic. And uh, for anyone listening out there, make sure that you rate the program. It's going to help us out with our um, visibility within iTunes. Yeah, as soon as we get some reviews, these these people subject to our cold knocks will definitely accept. Yeah, I think it's going <laughs> to accelerate the, our cold knock. The over under, I, you would think we would get uh, Mark on the show before Gavin Rossdale. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. Gavin, uh, he, might have, that, he might have less going on. That, that begs the question. <laughs> Who should we cold knock this week? It's a great. It's, it's I've got a great idea. Becoming one of my favorite parts of the week. <laughs> Absolutely, Joel Hammond. Who do you think? I think we should. You should see Morgan Flatley's resume. She's the chief marketing officer of McDonald's, which we've talked a lot about oh, today. Right given out, get right out of their town. early um, adoption ba -da -ba -ba -ba. of Killian. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, so Jim, fire That's up good. the old uh, Android, okay. which it's too bad that you have to even Android. say that. Well, sorry, Morgan went now. to Dartmouth, went to Harvard Business School. Um, That's good. Start with Pepsi. Nice resume. Uh, she's got a great resume. Former uh, CMO at Gatorade and, and Pepsi. Sure. Former SVP uh, at uh, and Chief Marketing Officer at Pepsi. May of 2017, uh, joined McDonald's as Chief Marketing Officer. We've got to get her on the podcast. I would think so. She's got to get on the yeah. podcast. Would you do me a favor uh, and cold knock her, please, <laughs> to see if maybe we can start up a line of communication? Here we go. Here we go. I think she's going to respond like, while we're like the you last think minute just of immediately? this podcast. Yes. Yeah. She's just finishing up a run right now and she goes, you know what? It's interesting. <clears throat> I'm intrigued. Jim Ganser. Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. We, we wouldn't we, We've got similar interests. Hashtag you know, why I, not? Quick question. Yeah. Not not to bring up Mark Pritchard again, <laughs> but is it too soon to inmail him? <laughs> yeah. Let's give it another week. You don't want to okay. put, he could be on summer vacation with his family. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, over under, guys. Um, breaking it down, the Killy app. Um, is it a, a flash in the pan? Is it something of substance? Is it uh, new mover advantage? Is this thing going to work out or not? I fear that it may not uh, work out. I think the idea. It depends on scale, like we talked about. Um, from again, purely a consumer standpoint, where I don't really care who has what on me. Mm-hmm. I want it to work out. I, I don't, I'm not confident that it's going to work. So I I, I'm, I don't want to make commentary on that app specifically. I don't know enough about the organization, but I, I think this is the tip of the iceberg of companies, uh, startups figuring out how to monetize what is going to be one of the great. Um, the great evolutions of technology over the next 10 years, which is, you know, how do you shift uh, a consumer from, um, you know, kind of the passive player um, in in this to more of the aggressor, somebody who has more control? Uh, because, you know, frankly, the hackers are just getting more sophisticated. Marketers are just getting more sophisticated, mm-hmm. not to pair the two together. Um, but it, I think there's certainly going to be an onus and a, a heavy economic benefit to figuring out technologies that give consumers more control over their data. Hmm. So not to say that Achilles is going to be it, but I think it's a, a sign of things to come. My take is it's going to absolutely fail. <laughs> <laughs> there, I'm sure... I'm not going to soft shoe around it. Disagree. (laughs) Disagree. Uh, Here's here's my uh, rationale. Uh, This news broke last week. Story hit the press. 69 followers on Twitter. Yeah. 69 followers. Yeah. Yeah, Virtually no chatter going on. Yeah. Huge missed opportunity from a PR perspective. Yeah, we were surprised at how little, you know, we're pretty dialed in on this sort of thing. And we hadn't, you know, aside from an ad agent story that, we caught in their daily email. We haven't seen a ton of chat on this. So that may, like you said, may have been a red flag. So if you guys need some help, hit us up. Yeah. Because um, you do need some help, frankly. <laughs> yeah. So you heard it here first. I have an Android phone. Mm. And you know what? I don't care. Mm. I don't That's care. Fine. That's fine. It's all good. It's fine. Well, spirited conversation this uh, week. This is a great show, guys. I feel <laughs> pretty good show. about it. I feel yeah, pretty really. good. Sorry. Uh, apologies to all the folks at Freckle IoT for the 
the shade I threw. Um, I just feel like it's a little too soon. A little that too was soon. A really disingenuous apology. He doesn't feel badly at all. Just so we're all on the same page. Love uh, the idea. But great if idea. You need help. Holler at us. Time to iterate. <laughs> yeah, Joel knows a, a few things about social media. Um, freckles. Speaking of social media, um, this week, if you haven't done so already, uh, follow us on Twitter. We've got one heck of a, an Instagram presence going on. Mr. Michael Paukst, talented individual. And there's going to be a feature coming Ooh. up with Mr. Jeff Colton here. So Yeah, he, he doesn't sure have the best subject. It. He doesn't have the best subject for this one. No, so no but man... What can I say? Adcom has got some amazing culture, amazing talent. Uh, make sure, once again, if you haven't done so, rate the program. Give us all the stars you can. Uh, we got to get the message out here if we're going to get Mark Pritchard on the show. <laughs> Mark, don't forget about us. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks once again for listening. Signing off. <laughs>